Well, you picked a great day to join us this morning. Today we are starting a brand new series of messages on how to strengthen and improve the relationships that we have in our lives. And this is important for us to discuss, I think, because all of us, our lives are centered around relationships, aren't they? I mean, they're a big deal. We can't function in life without relationships. And when we have relationships in our lives that are difficult or a little challenging, your, life, your whole life can get off whack, right? Can you just get off track? And uh, we're calling this series Crossing the Line because there are some people in our lives who just do that, right? They, they say or they do things which aren't okay. They overstep the bounds of what is acceptable or what is safe or decent. And in those situations, we have a choice to make. We can either get mad and retaliate. We can uh, run away and avoid those people. Or we can face those people in a godly way and perhaps set some boundaries in our lives. Now, we all have boundaries of some kind or another. I mean, some of us, we we have physical boundaries, like who we allow to have our home address or our personal information and who we allow to stop by our home. We have emotional boundaries, such as who we're willing to share our hearts with, those vulnerable places in our lives, or how we allow other people to treat us. And some of us, well, some of us maintain better boundaries than others. Now, when we tell people that what our boundaries are, we're in essence warning them to not go any further or they'll be crossing the line and that there will be consequences in our relationship with them. Though we don't always learn how to do boundaries well, we even start to practice boundaries even as little kids in our lives. For example... Uh, my brother and I, uh, we, were, we set boundaries for each other all the time growing up. Now, you wouldn't notice, you wouldn't suspect this by looking at these two adorable little cherubs behind me on the screen, but that's my brother and I, and we, boy, we could fight well. I mean, we, we got into some real good ones when I was a kid. And for most of our childhood, I was bigger than he was, as the big brother, until the teenage years hit, and then he grew beyond me, and then we had to kind of change our methods of operation. But for a long time there, we set very clear boundaries for each other. Like, for instance, there was, a, there was this invisible line down the center of our bedroom that we shared. And you dare not cross that line. You know, it, and if there was, there would be problems. But the place that it most often came up where boundaries needed to be set was in the back seat of my mom's blue Cadillac Bonneville. Now, she drives a Yukon these days. She's always liked her space, my mom has. But back, this is back in the day when car manufacturers knew the meaning of the words legroom, right? You didn't have to buy an SUV to get the legroom. Now, this Bonnie had plenty of space in the back seat. And Jonathan and I had the whole back seat to ourselves. But you know what? When you have a little brother who is bouncing around and moving around from place to place in the back seat like the Energizer Bunny, you have to set boundaries. You just do. And that big armrest in the middle of the back seat... That was put there to be a brother barrier. That's the reason it's there. So I'd remind him at times to stay on his side, particularly when we were on longer trips, or there would be all-out war in the back seat. And there were several occasions that there were unauthorized border crossings in the back seat that led to swift and decisive retribution. Unless my mom got involved, of course. My mom, there were times, I mean, she she didn't like to hear us argue, and she would just turn up the radio, turn up the Christian radio station, try to drown us out. But every now and then, she'd just have her feel. And she was really good at doing the right arm back swat. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you moms are really good. I mean, she could slap both of us at the same time without taking her eyes off the road. She was a pro at that. 
But she had her own boundaries, and she didn't want us to cross them. Right? She wanted us to play pretty in the back seat. Now, boys aren't the only ones who need to have boundaries set for each other. I mean, nations set boundaries with each other at certain times. And they will say, you cannot cross this line. If you cross this line, there will be consequences. Even in our national news, our world news, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen this playing out with Syria, right? Um, where, where, with the use of chemical weapons. We see this with, with physical borders that nations draw for themselves. And there aren't just always imaginary lines in the sand. Oftentimes, fences or even walls will be put up to kind of divide one nation for the other so that everyone knows, hey, you go past this line and you're, you're crossing the line. Now, in relationships... Those lines aren't always as easy to see as the physical lines are, right? I mean, but even still, they're really essential for healthy relationships, whether it's with family members, especially with family members at times, right? Or neighbors or friends or work colleagues. Now think about this. Why are boundaries so important? Why do we need boundaries? Well, let me ask you, have you ever felt that certain people treat you inappropriately a little bit too often? Have you ever felt like you have to rescue certain people in your life a little bit too often? Maybe you feel like some people take advantage of you or they use guilt or anger to try to control or manipulate you. Maybe you're one of those people who tends to say yes a little bit too often. And there are certain people in your life and you, and you know who they are. They, they know how to say it in a certain way to just kind of get you to respond and get you to say yes to whatever they want. And sometimes you're just like, why did I say yes again? But you know who I'm talking about. Do you, get, do you get frustrated maybe with a kid who often doesn't do what you say, no matter what you say or do? Do you find that you try to avoid certain people in your life? And you're, even though they're oblivious as to why, you're very intentional about trying to avoid them at all costs. You know, I think for every one of us, we can fit into one of those categories where we maybe don't know how to draw boundaries well and people encroach on our boundaries and we re- react in inappropriate ways. And one of the most essential skills in life is to learn how to live in relationship with other people. It is something that, you know, as, as important as it is, I don't understand why they don't teach this in school. I mean, if there's anything they should teach in school, it's how to, how to play pretty with other people, right? It's how to be in relationship with people who are different than us, who see things a different way, who maybe even perhaps act inappropriately at times. You know, God put this topic of boundaries on my heart over a year ago as a sermon series as one of you sent me an email after I did a message on forgiveness. And that email really touched my heart. There was a, there was a sentence in there that said this. It said, Pastor Dave, what do I do with people in my life, some Christians, some not, who I encounter frequently where their actions are manipulative and negatively affect my life. She says, there are things I can forgive, but I shouldn't have to continue to subject myself to. And you know what? She's absolutely right. So in future weeks, we're going to be talking about how to confront people in love and how to set good boundaries with other people because that's important. But we're going to start today in a different place. We're going to start today by not figuring out how to set boundaries for other people, but how to set boundaries for ourselves. Because guess what? We can set boundaries for other people all we want, but if we don't have good boundaries in our own lives, then the boundaries we set for others really aren't going to be all that helpful in getting us where we need to be. Now, there's a verse in Proverbs that 
just speaks to this perfectly. In fact, this is the theme verse for this entire series. It's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It will be the verse that I focus on this morning. I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Um, If you don't have a Bible with you, you might find one in the seat back in front of you. You can use it, even take it home with you if you don't have a Bible. Um, You can also pull out the Bible that's in your pocket. Uh, probably on your smartphone, you can pull it up, gracetucson.org slash Bible, and follow along with the scriptures there. But as we get started this morning, I'm going to actually take a step back, and let's start in verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Now listen to this. This is really good. It says, my child, that's you. God's saying, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they're going to bring, they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Now, let me pause there for a moment. Wonder what is that God's going to say next. I mean, whatever God's getting ready to say here, it must be pretty important. Don't you think? I mean, he's saying here, pay attention. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of it. Let what I'm about to share with you penetrate you. Deep into your heart. He's saying, if you pay attention, God's saying, if you pay attention to what I'm about to share with you, then it's going to change you. He even says, it's going to bring life and healing to your whole body. Now, whatever's going to come next must be pretty good, right? I mean, we've got, it's something that we need to pay attention to. So what is it that God's saying is that important? Well, he tells us in the very next verse, verse 23, God says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above all else, God says, guard your heart. Now, this phrase, guard your heart, you won't find that mentioned in any other place in this whole book of wisdom, the Proverbs. This one spot is where God says, okay, of all the things that you're learning here, pay attention to this one. Don't miss this. It's going to bring health. It's going to bring healing to your body. It's going to be essential for how you live your life. Guard your heart. Because it's going to determine the course of your life. You know, there's another translation of this verse. It says, above everything else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Think about that. In other words, what happens to you in life How life plays out for you depends in large part on how good you are at guarding your heart. You know, when I consider things in my life that I want to guard or protect, I don't know about you, but guarding my heart is not the first thing that really comes to mind. And when I think about the things that I want to protect or I want to guard, I would think the first things that I think of are my wife or my my son, my, my family. Many of us will think about stuff in our lives and we we're, most of us tend to be pretty good at guarding our stuff like for instance when you left home this morning my guess is one at least you or your spouse or someone in the family made walked around the house and made sure every door was locked every window was sealed every window was closed and locked before you left right i bet most of you even before you walked out of the parking lot of the church this morning to come inside you made sure your car was locked So we're really good about protecting our stuff. It's almost by default that we do that. I mean, we we put our money in the bank rather than keeping it home because we want to make sure it's guarded, it's protected, even if that means we have to give them some money to hold on to it for us, right? 
And that's great. That's okay. It's natural to guard our stuff. But how about our hearts? How often do we think about guarding our hearts to that extent? How carefully, let me ask you this morning, how carefully do you guard your heart? Now, as I share that, you might think, well, Dave, what does that mean? What do you mean, guard your heart? Well, there are some other English translations of this verse which I like even better because they explain what this idea of your heart is all about. In fact, uh, there's one, one uh, translation that says this. It says, more than anything, you guard, protect your mind, for life flows from it. And there's another that says, above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. Now, let me explain this to you. The heart in the Hebrew language, which is the language this was originally written in, even back in ancient times, the heart was commonly understood as the center of the mind, the emotions, and the will. It was kind of like your whole inner being. When they would say, guard your heart, what they were saying was not wear a Kevlar vest. <laughs> They're saying, guard, protect your inner being, your whole inner being for the onslaught that the world is throwing at it each and every day. And God, God is saying here, protect that thing. Safeguard it because it's going to affect everything else in your life. You know, as I spent time researching this verse, one of the questions I had that I was trying to determine was, guard my heart from what? What, what, what am I supposed to be guarding my heart from? And so I spent a good bit of time with this verse, researching it, going back to some of the original language material that I have. And what I realized is that God doesn't explicitly say here. And I think there's a reason for that. You know, in Psalm 51.10, there's a verse that says, uh, it talks about creating a pure and a clean heart. And certainly in this verse, when God's talking about guarding our heart above all else, Maybe there's an element of sin to that, making sure we protect ourselves so that we don't enter into sin so easily. But that's not what it says here. It is a lot more open-ended than that. And what, I, what I've un, come to understand that God is saying here is that we're to guard our emotions, our thoughts, from anything and anyone who tries to harm it. And that includes anyone who intentionally or unintentionally tries to use guilt or anger or control or manipulation to try to get from you what they want from you. Now, even as I'm sharing this, I bet many of you, there, there are faces that are coming to your minds right now, right? Those people that, that are difficult people in your life. And you know what? You know, sometimes I have prayed in my past, God, would you just deliver me? From those people. God, why do I have to deal with these people? And what I've come to realize, it's kind of like praying for patience. I believe God puts difficult people many times in our lives, not just for their benefit, but for ours. To help us to see how we need to grow in relationship. Because so oftentimes we focus on our relationship to God, and we don't realize how important it is to live in relationship with others and how that honors God. Guys, remember, remember why this message, why this series is so important. God made us as relational beings. And everything that really matters in this world, everything that matters in this life can be boiled down to relationships, if you think about it. We are made to be in community, you and I. To be in relationships with others. Yet, 
friendships go sour, co-workers, even church people at times quarrel a little bit with each other, right? Girlfriends, boyfriends, even spouses will split up. Siblings will stop talking to each other for decades because of that one day when everything kind of blew up. And even if that isn't a compelling enough reason for you to listen today, then listen to this. If we don't work hard to guard our hearts, we will react poorly to those who cross the line in our lives. If we don't protect ourselves from unhealthy relationships, we tend to become unhealthy or hurt, and then we hurt other people. I mean, you know the old saying, right? Hurt people hurt people, right? So we guard our hearts, and the most important way, the first way that we do that is not by setting boundaries for other people, but by setting boundaries for ourselves. By how well we guard our hearts and not allow others in our lives to cause us to run from situations, to run from them, or to retaliate or have a nasty reaction toward them in moments where things aren't going the way we expect. You know, healthy boundaries, they started with God. God designed the world with boundaries, boundaries that were meant to be respected. And at the beginning of the Bible, God, it, the Bible tells us how God set a boundary with us around sin and that that boundary had consequences, right? And even now, God respects our boundaries in many, many ways. When we make bad choices in life and we go against God's will, he doesn't stop us. He doesn't kind of get in the way and go, oh, no, no, you can't do that. No, stop. He allows us to make those choices, even if they're going to hurt us or hurt other people in the process. It hurts God deeply when we don't trust in him and we, when we reject his call in our lives, when we reject being in relationship with him. But God respects our no. He always lets us go our way. He always leaves us to our choices, doesn't he? But the main point that I'm hoping you're going to walk away from this today the, the thing I think is so clearly evident in, in Proverbs 4.23 is this, that we are responsible. We are responsible for taking care of ourselves emotionally first. Since the very beginning with Adam and Eve, it's been easy for us in, in moments like this to just blame other people. Everyone else is the problem, not me, right? Rather than seeking to own our part in the situation and trying to bring retribution or reconciliation there. People who guard their hearts, they, they take care of themselves emotionally. Not only, and not only do they have less problems with other people, but they're way better positioned to deal with relationship problems because they can see things more objectively. Now, Jesus, in his life, Jesus spoke very clearly about this idea of um, setting boundaries and protecting ourselves emotionally before we deal with other people. Matthew chapter 7 is just a, a brilliant example of that. I'm going to flip over and read just a couple of verses to you that Jesus shared here. Matthew 7 verse 3, Jesus said to the crowd, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, Let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? 
hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, is Jesus saying here that in every situation that you have way more problems than everyone else? No. What I think he's saying here is that when you or I, I'll just use the I, when I start to be judgmental, when I start to be critical of others, that should be a clue for Dave that I have stuff going on in my life that's blinding me from really seeing things objectively. Having critical or judgmental thoughts about someone is a good indicator that something is off. That your heart isn't being guarded carefully. And that someone either intentionally or unintentionally is stirring up things for you and causing problems in your life. And rising something deep down underneath up to the surface. If left unchecked, if we don't take care of ourselves emotionally first... Our natural response in these types of situations is going to be either anger or avoidance or both, right? We'll just avoid the person. We'll leave them guessing as to what's really going on inside of us. Maybe do a little passive-aggressive stuff along the way. Or we'll just get upset with the person and let them have it, right? And each one of us, we have our default, right? It's easy to see how how other people do, do the opposite thing, but... Each one of us, our trigger, so often it's either anger or avoidance. But we tend to kind of gravitate toward one or the other unless we're guarding our hearts. Unless we're making sure Christ is at the center and that we're responding in a godly way. Proverbs 25, 28 speaks to this idea of responding with anger. And it says, if you can't control your anger, you're as helpless as a city without walls open to attack. So, healthy boundaries starts with the ones that we first set for ourselves. Good self-care first notices its troubled emotions and then does something constructive with them. It involves asking God if what we're thinking or feeling, if that's really fully the truth or if it's just a little part of the truth. It involves asking God, God, am I being insensitive in this moment? Am I being oversensitive? Am I being ungrateful, unreasonable, judgmental, too demanding? It involves understanding yourself well enough to know what causes you to react, what causes your buttons to be pushed, and guarding your heart so that you don't give anyone open access and the freedom to go around just pushing your buttons whenever they want. You know, it's good here that Jesus reminds us in Matthew 7 that it's almost never just about the other person. The problem we have with another person usually starts with a problem that we have with ourselves. The pain that another person causes us is often coming out of a fear or an insecurity that we have in ourselves. You know, there's a uh, there was once a Christian writer that I have. Uh, really appreciated from about 75 years ago or so. His name was G.K. Chesterton. There was a time when he said this. He said, now, the mistake of critics isn't that they criticize the world. It's that they never criticize themselves. They compare the alien with the ideal. But they don't, at the same time, compare themselves with the ideal. Rather, they identify themselves 
with the ideal. God wants you and I to take care of ourselves emotionally so that we can be channels of love to others. When God calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves, he's pointing this out in part to teach us good self-care. But if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't have that, if, you don't, if you're not guarding your heart, you have no overflow of love for the person that you're struggling with. You just don't. Your patience isn't there. Your tolerance for them, it's just not there. And it, and it will show. Now, next week, I don't want you to miss next week. We're going to carry this whole idea a step further next week by seeing from Galatians how we love people and how we carry each other's burdens without rescuing them, which is important. And when, we, and when need be, how we confront others in those situations with complete and total love. But for today, as we're wrapping up today, let me ask you this, and this is, this is really important. Do you have people in your life right now who are pushing your buttons? Do you have people in your life right now who are difficult for you to deal with? They're maybe saying things to you and to others that they shouldn't say. They're doing things that are just totally crossing the line. Think about those people in your life right now. When your heart gets cold or hard and you feel powerless and you want to just retaliate or just run away from them and from the situation, what if, what if your response was different than that? What if instead of those moments when your back's against the wall and you're, you're pressed to either retaliate or run, what if you were to begin to ask yourself three simple questions? What if you were to ask God these three questions in that moment before a word comes out of your mouth? Number one question, and these are in your sermon notes. By the way, I want to encourage you to, to hold on to these questions. You may need them at some point in the future. Number one, God, why do they bother me? Why do they bother me so much? Number two, God, what are you trying to teach me through them? And number three, God, how do you want to change me? How do you want to change me? I mean, imagine. Imagine what our lives would look like. Imagine what this world would look like if every time someone crossed the line in our lives, instead of reacting, we searched our hearts and we asked ourselves those three questions. God, why do they bother me so much? What are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to change me? It takes the focus off of them and back onto ourselves to help us grow. You know, setting healthy boundaries in relationships are so important, but it has to start with the boundaries that we set for ourselves. The course of your life is being set each and every day, God says, by how well you guard your heart. Not about how smart you are or how great of a people person you are, how great you are at managing other people. God says it all boils down to how you guard your heart, how you guard your mind, your thoughts, your perspective, your reactions in those moments. It involves saying, God, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, God, search me. God, mold me. And letting God do that work in our lives. And God says, above all else, above all else, above all that you can learn from this book of wisdom, do that. Guard your heart.
Would you pray with me? Lord, this, uh, this seems so, so simple, but it's not. <laughs> it's hard. Lord, we, each one of us, we all have those people in our lives, perhaps people that you've intentionally put into our lives to challenge us. Difficult people, people who maybe don't have a lot of self-awareness, people who just say and do really hurtful, harmful things. People that just push our buttons and cause us to react in ways that we would rather not. Lord, help us in those moments when, when, those, when those life circumstances hit us to not run, to not retaliate, but to take a step back and respond in a way that honors you. God, in those moments, help us to not just see how they need to change, but how we need to change. God, we pray this morning as a collective body, as a community, that you would help us to set good boundaries with other people. But Lord, that you would start with each one of us first and help us to learn how we can set good boundaries around our own hearts for ourselves. To protect ourselves from judgmental attitudes, from a critical spirit. And to see people as you see them. Lord, this morning we all come to you in each, our, each, each one of us in our own ways. And Lord, we lift before you those people in our lives that we find difficult. Those people that we have struggled with maintaining good relationships with. And God, we pray that you would forgive us for those times when we've disappointed you, for those times when we've reacted instead of responded, those times when we've just run away and avoided them over and over and over again. God, we ask that you would come into those places in our lives, those empty places, those places of fear and insecurity, and that you would help us to discover what you're trying to show us about ourselves so that we can be a better reflection of you and who you are. Lord, for each one of us here today, I believe that you're calling us to take a next step in our faith. For some of us, that step is a step of faith. It's a step of trusting God for the very first time, for surrendering our own wills, our own desires to you. And God, I am so excited for each and every person here in this room and those who are listening online who are making that decision. Lord, for some of us, that next step is a recommitment of faith. It's saying, God, I've, I've just not been where I need to be in my life lately. And God, I want to press the reset button. I want to kind of start over, Lord. I want to mulligan here. And I want to live a life that honors you from this point forward, forgetting which is that which is behind me and pressing on to what lies ahead. Lord, I thank you for those of us in this room who are making that step this morning. And then for the rest of us, Lord, our next step is perhaps has something to do with relationships and how we are in relationship with others. Lord, help us as we leave this place today to not just soak this up as intellectual teaching, but as transformative teaching. Teaching, that, Lord, that will help us to live our lives differently from this day forward. And God, I pray that you would start with me. That you would start with my own sense of coldness and hardness and bitterness sometimes. Those times when I'm not the reflection of Christ that you want me to be. 
In Jesus' name, amen.